I'm Joy Dice, the 2021-2022 President of the Junior League of Atlanta, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of JLA Inside Out, stories from inside and outside of the Junior League of Atlanta. Hi, okay, this is Kat Reynolds from the Junior League of Atlanta interviewing. Hi, I am Allison Pratt. I'm the Family Programs Coordinator here at the Atlanta Botanical Garden. It is lovely here. Well, before we move on, tell us what room we're sitting in and why we might have some noises in the background. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're in Mershon Hall, uh, which is where a lot of the people in the education department where our offices are, but it's also where our classroom is. And in our classroom, we have some amphibian friends with us because when we have camps and classes in here the kids love getting to see some of our little animal friends so that specific sound you heard was coming from one of our frogs we have some poison dart frogs an axolotl it's pretty cool in here there he is so yeah <laughs> we might have some background noise but very exciting yeah. um, and for junior leaguers who have not come to the atlanta botanical gardens it is in midtown off of piedmont very um, easy to drive into. There's mm -hmm. covered parking. You would just simply take a ticket and then can even buy tickets here. Of course, visiting is definitely family friendly. Mm -hmm. um, so let's dive in and imagine that I am brand new to Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know anything about this mm -hmm. organization. What the heck is the Atlanta Botanical Garden. <laughs> well, where to begin? It is a beautiful place. It's about 30 acres of beautiful plants and flowers and trees. Um, very beautiful sights to see, but it also has all of these amazing offerings. So uh, being in the education department, I'm in charge of creating and facilitating family programs that we do at the garden. So for example, um, March through October, um, almost every day I will create programs that we'll do, you know, out in the garden. We'll involve plants from around the garden. Uh, we'll do little music classes and, and dance along times uh, out among the flowers and the trees. So we find ways to also have a lot of fun with education that incorporates everything around us here. It's really Lovely. fun place. <laughs> so I have been in the league for nine years, which is a pretty long time. So I happen to know that Kids in the Kitchen mm. from Junior League sometimes comes here. And Kids in the Kitchen is how we teach children to cook mm. healthy meals and how to cook safely. Do you all have a garden on site? We do, yeah. Um, like a food yeah. A food garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. Um, so yeah, we have the Edible Garden, um, which is a really cool place where families can come and kind of see the process of, you know, what different fruits and vegetables like as they're growing. Um, but we also are... Uh, public programs manager Heather Chiller um, does do outdoor kitchens it's called those are uh, where we'll bring in chefs to do little kitchen demos and and adults can come learn and also get to eat some yummy food and then with stuff like kids in the kitchen um, with our kids programs that's something that the pandemic kind of put on hold, but we are very excited to bring back because I've heard that Kids in the Kitchen has done like edible bugs before oh. and kids got to taste, you know, a bug. They ate, they yes. ate a bug. I wish they you all could see bug. my face right now. <laughs> my jaw dropped. They ate have bugs. Have you eaten a bug? I have not 
what got into you. Okay. I have told, you know, the people who have told me about this, my supervisor, I've said, you know, if that comes back, I think I'd be willing to try just to say that I've tried it. That is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want to come back to COVID because mm. you, you did mention the pandemic, but how does Junior League work here with you all. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that history. Absolutely. So I know Junior League has been involved in a lot of ways. Um, speaking to my personal experiences, um, these family programs that I do at the garden, like I said, it can be our daily like art classes and music classes. Um, and then it can also be bigger events. Like we have our huge goblins in the garden event, which is kind of a big Halloween festival we do. These are all things that I need a lot of volunteer help for. And um, the Junior League has just been amazing in that way where, you know, for example, we just had goblins in the garden and we had a ton of help from the Junior League for that event. And, you know, it's things like that that would not be possible without all of the help from these volunteers. Just helping things run smoothly and even this year at Goblins in the Garden the Junior League brought some arts and crafts too they had some like bookmark decorating they gave some books away um, yeah so they've been an instrumental part of my programs for sure That's excellent <laughs> and when our volunteers come do they come by themselves or sometimes do they bring family members oh that's a good question um, so yeah, I guess it kind of depends because I have seen like, for example, Goblins in the Garden um, that, you know, we, we have let volunteers like bring grandkids in or bring a, a significant other in and let them kind of tour the garden while they're working. Or I've seen like a volunteer when they get to the end of the shift, you know, we encourage volunteers to take that time when they're done to explore the garden. So that's a time when I've seen, you know, volunteers bring their kids so they can explore a little bit. That is a fantastic opportunity. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, it is beautiful here if anyone listening hasn't had a chance. And I understand that the gardens started really small and over the decades have built and purchased more land on Piedmont. Is yes. that true? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm still fairly new to the garden. I started my position in July. Um, but from what I have heard, uh, the garden began in around the 80s or so. And uh, it first started with our rose garden, which is a very beautiful space surrounded by roses. Uh, but it kind of started as this desire for some friends who wanted a beautiful place to drink tea and, and have fun and it's just grown into these 30 acres of gardens and uh, they also have the the Gainesville Gardens which is about 120 acres so they're continuing to expand. Which so is that nice. is owned by Atlanta Botanical Gardens in Gainesville. Interesting. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, do you all take volunteers there? Is there a different junior league in Gainesville, I would imagine? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, in, in my time here so far, uh, we don't have too much interaction with Gainesville, but sometimes like their family programs coordinator, uh, her and I will uh, email or uh, you know, do some brainstorming ideas off of each other. But yeah, it is kind of like... Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, let's go back to the pandemic. Yes. How did you all 
pivot during that time? Did yeah. you have to? Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's an amazing thing about being here because uh, during the pandemic, I had experiences where I was at jobs that were like entirely indoors and it was just like such a complete you know, 180 for businesses like that. And I think with the garden, like being outside, that was just like huge. So there were still definite changes, um, but a lot of things were able to keep going. Um, but for example, um, some of my family programs were pared down for the pandemic because, uh, for example, our garden playtime, which is kind of an arts and crafts day, um, that used to have like five stations on our children's garden. And that's space is pretty small so those five stations would keep people pretty close together so that's an example where like we kept garden playtime but we put it out on our great lawn which is a very big space so people could really spread out social distance um, we added in, added in a ton of cleaning measures which volunteers have been huge for because um, that's another step that you need more hands for to make sure that you know markers and crayons and all of that stuff is getting sanitized um, yeah, and then with, you know, anything that involves audience interaction, uh, we've maintained social distance, we've done things like uh, use dots on the Great Lawn to kind of mark six feet apart to help okay. people space out. Curious, was there a big dip in attendance outside of the couple of weeks where we just literally shut down in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. From my understanding, what I've heard of that time is that at first there was some hesitancy of, you know, people trying to see, do we feel safe? But I think what, again, is, is so incredible is that being able to be outside here has definitely been encouraging to guests um, because we've seen large attendance numbers that, yeah, I would say 2020 was not quite at 2019 but then 2021 we've had a big rise in attendance again where we've been very happy with our numbers um, and our numbers have continued to grow um, well, yeah. whenever I drive by, I see people driving in, and it's <laughs> yeah. not online, so congratulations for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is there anything from the pandemic that challenged you all to work in a new way that you're going to keep mm. moving forward? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, so I, I think something that was cool, you were just asking about, you know, numbers and attendance. Um, so one of our programs we offer is called Shows for Seedlings. And um, that's something where we bring in guest performers from all around the city to come and perform for kids. And um, that was one of the programs that we moved to the Great Lawn so that people could spread out more. And um, that program has actually grown bigger in attendance, in attendance than it ever had before. And we think, you know, part of that is because we put it in a bigger space. Um, so things like that, we do want to keep, even as, you know, uh, the pandemic starts to settle, we think some of our big programs we are going to keep on the Great Lawn, because um, that just really seemed to make people feel safe and comfortable. Our numbers grew. Um, yeah. Well, I love th that the name of that children's programming is what again? Shows for seedlings. Seedlings? Yeah. Like they're little seeds and they're going to grow? Yeah. That is awesome. I'm sure that you know the Junior League of Atlanta focuses on three main areas, mm. early childhood education, which mm. matches you all, um, 
addressing human trafficking and then mm. uh, women and children generational poverty stopping generational poverty mm. so thank you so much for all the education work um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> it, it's just so fun and mm. it, sometimes it's hard to have fun in school and yeah. this gives a really great opportunity um, I highly encourage everyone to come visit I have some more general questions for you. Absolutely. Since you have been here. <laughs> what is a favorite memory that you have of being here? Ooh, oh. Uh, so yeah, I, I know I mentioned goblins in the garden already, but that has definitely been a huge highlight of, of my time here. So goblins in the garden, like I mentioned earlier, is our kind of big Halloween festival that we do. So instead of Halloween that might make someone scared yeah. or expect monsters, we have goblins, which is a little bit more friendly. Okay, like a fall festival. Exactly, exactly. And uh, it typically happens on a Sunday. Sunday. It's typically like a 10 to 4 p.m. type of thing. Um, and we have a lot of different offerings. So this year we had pony rides. Uh, we had a ride on train. Do you do pumpkins? Yep, okay. yep. We have pumpkin decorating. Um, we had a guest performer come in, Alma Mexicana, who did some traditional Mexican dances. Um, do you actually like decorate goblins and make ghosts <laughs> in the garden? Uh, we've done some like variations of that. Um, we do encourage dressing up, so we kind of encourage like them to become the goblins and dress oh, okay. up in costumes. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> and we do have like a costume runway where kids get to show off their costumes for everyone. Um, Are animals ever allowed here? So, um, typically, uh, you're not able to, like, just bring, like, a dog or a pet in unless it's a service animal, a therapy animal. Um, yeah, there's some exceptions with special events, okay. like goblins in the garden. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, I think we've talked about goblins in the garden for the fall mm -hmm. and the lights in the wintertime, yeah. which goes into January. Yes. What happens in the spring and summer? <gasps> yeah. So, ooh, we have lots of fun things happening in the spring. Um, so, I am planning and facilitating a couple of camps that are happening. In January, I'm leading a winter break camp. In February, I'm leading a, a I'm calling it a fantastical February camp. It's going to be like a fairy and wizard oh. camp. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes, uh, yes. I love Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, great. So I have also, I'm so glad that we're talking. I saw a Midsummer Night's Dream here at the gardens. Oh, and I think that was it was a few years ago, yeah. When the Alliance Theater was transferring its theater yes. and rebuilding. And the Junior League is also partners with the Alliance Theater. Yes. And because Midsummer Night's Dream is in a garden, um, it was here, ah. so your space has been used for so much. Yes, So I'm yes. so glad to hear that you want to do fairies in the yes. garden again. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we're just going to see more of that kind of stuff coming back as the pandemic settles down, too. Um, but yeah, and then we also have some big event days, like uh, for the week of spring break, um, we have like lots of extra programming that happens that week. So on top of our regular programs, we also will have extra offerings that are specifically like spring break themed in the so, garden. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Um, do you ever work specifically with underprivileged schools or underserved neighborhoods to bring students in? Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so our school programs coordinator and our school programs manager, her name is Lauren. Um, she does outreach and does a lot of work in that regard. Um, yeah, so she has done a lot of like virtual programs that have been offered to schools in greater Atlanta. And then um, uh, starting in spring, actually, they're going to be going back into schools. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So taking the gardens to the schools. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I wondered, how did the students pay for tickets? in a field trip scenario yeah do they all pay for tickets to come here um so there's a couple of different options there are like grant funded opportunities um where the kids do not have to pay but then there's also just like you know any school who wants can also just pay to do a field trip here and pay for the tickets and stuff um but yeah uh lauren kind of what she does is she does work with some grants where you know they can bring these programs to kids and they don't have to pay for them perfect oh we love to see that yeah (laughs) in three words how would you describe the garden (gasps) oh Magic. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you've used so many great words already. Okay. Continue. My apologies. (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, Magical comes to mind because every time of year is magical. Like in the summer, everything's just so green and blooming and beautiful. And then in the fall, you have scarecrows in the garden uh, where anyone from around Atlanta can submit a scarecrow to be displayed in the garden. Um, And that's magical and then of course we have holiday lights happening right now um and then i this will be my first spring at the garden but i've heard that spring also just seeing things come back to life is magical so magical so so we've got magical (laughs) magical what about two other words Ooh, i think I, I think educational, which maybe is kind of like, <laughs> I'm in the education department, so it's like, oh, duh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think for me, I'm just amazed by like, everyone who works here is happy being here and mm. is happy to absorb knowledge. So, you know, I've learned from working here that like volunteers I interact with, other staff members, everyone has kind of absorbed so much knowledge about this place. Fantastic. And yeah. experiences and can share their own personal exactly. knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> any, any last word that can describe the gardens for you? Ooh, let's see. I think like warm comes to mind. I think it's just there's something special about this place where guests, uh, people who work here, staff, volunteers, everyone who works here wants to be here. And, um, you know, even with guests, people who come to the garden, you know, it's a happy place. You don't often have guest interactions where they're upset because even if (laughs) someone's having a bad day, they can walk around this beautiful garden and it kind of brightens your mood. So We can find ways to make them happy. Exactly. Well, this would be my final question. Okay. If there was a junior league member who was considering signing up for their what we call placements, our Mm. obligation to give 50 hours, and we can choose where to volunteer, and they think, hmm, maybe I want to go to the botanical gardens, but they're on the fence. What would you say? (laughs) I would say (laughs) that in my few months here, this is by far my favorite place I've ever worked. It's my favorite place to be in Atlanta. Um, Like I said, it's a happy place. 
you get to be outside, you get to see nature. If you like working with kids, you know, that's kind of my area. We get to do a lot of interactions with kids. And I would also say like, if you just wanna ask more questions, um, our manager of volunteers, Josh Todd, has been here for a long time. He is a wealth of knowledge. So he's also a good resource if you just wanna find out a little bit more about what exactly that would look like. Perfect. <laughs> So you said Josh Todd. Yes. Um, if people have questions, do you uh, please tell us the website? Yeah. And then maybe a social media page that we can follow. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yes, uh, there's just our main Atlanta Bo Botanical Garden website, uh, with which if you just search Atlanta Botanical Garden, you'll come to our main website. Um, and then if you want to specifically ask some more questions to Josh Todd, he can be reached at jtodd at atlantabg.org. Um, yeah, and I would say that's a good place to start. Excellent. <laughs> and that is all that we have for today. Thank you so much for your time. It has been a pleasure. You have such <laughs> an exciting smile and, and you're bringing so much energy and interest to me. I can't wait to come back. We're so happy to have spoken with you. Me as well. Nice to meet you and thank you so much. And we'll say goodbye <laughs> to our little frog friend. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of JLA Inside Out. If you have feedback, thoughts, or questions, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at insideout at jlatlanta.org.